Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Friday, August 5th, 2022. Of course, I'm Tim Gaddies and I'm joined by... My fellow Forbes 30 under 30 friend, blessing at Aoye Jr. Tim, how weird does it feel to be in the hosting spot for KFD and having me be in the passenger seat? I love it, dude. This is like a fun little thing. We st- we're starting a new thing now where Bless is, is prepping games daily every day, and we just switch off the combination of who's hosting. So I, I'm getting to host. But I don't even know what I'm reading here. I'm just I'm about oh, to yeah. go into a whole new a whole new world. I, I feel like that's dangerous. That's da- like I don't even Greg Miller I know takes a peek 30 minutes beforehand yeah. so he can feel familiar, uh-huh. familiarize himself. I love that as I was building the show, I didn't see your icon pop in the dock once, which, oh, means, yeah. which means you are truly jumping into this document. I'm blind. jumping in. Yeah, and I'm so I'm so curious and excited to see how you do. This man like, is a professional blessing. There's a reason why we let Tim host because exactly. he's That's the fair. fucking host. Okay. Now I don't yeah. think we've had this configuration for KFGD since i think week one of me being hired that's that's probably true that's probably yeah, true where you're because yeah prepping the, the show one of my least favorite things to do it kind of funny really? <laughs> so that's why if anyone's ever noticed i am usually in the the non-host chair and uh if i am in the host chair that means that everyone else is out and i have to do it you know funny enough prepping the show is maybe my favorite thing i almost like prepping the show more than hosting the show and so this works perfectly for me because i got like i got all the satisfaction of yeah. just surfing the web reading news and then getting into my google doc space I lo- it, that's the best thing is that like i love that there's so many jobs that have to get done here but everybody likes some things doesn't like things there are very few things that are like oh this thing just sucks like no, nobody wants to do that so it's oh, like yeah. i get it i understand the joys of prepping the show I am just not one of those people, but I do love hosting this because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday we run you through all the video game news that you need to know. Of course, you can get this on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or RoosterTeeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily. It will be right there for you. You can also watch live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games every single morning at 10 a.m. Pacific, just like Streamer Rig pixelated soul and big head isaac are doing love all of you thank you for being here hanging out with us on this beautiful beautiful friday today's stories include beyond good and evil 2 getting a lead writer square enix selling stakes in its studios and more uh remember you can use the epic code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league or Fortnite to help support the channel to be part of the show you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above gets right in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show we got some housekeeping for you some fun stuff here a new ps i love you xoxo is up right now featuring the homie jake baldino yeah. y'all talk about which playstation studios had the best glow up i love the thumbnail of ps1 spyro to insomniac spider-man <laughs> yeah it's like the glow up <laughs> <laughs> i love it because i as we were putting together the headline part of me was like i wonder what percentage of the audience 
like understands what we mean when we say glow up because i know that's i feel like that's more of a recent term when i say recent like last what five years four years um but i was like you know what man it's the internet people get what yeah, you're talking about people it. understand also shout out to jake baldino mm-hmm. i like didn't get to express it as much to him yesterday when we recorded but like i wanted to do content with jake baldino forever i used to watch uh a lot of game rank stuff and jake baldino so i, I joked about like i called uh, the show uh should you would you buy it's before you buy right but like i've watched so many of those videos especially before i worked at kind of funny so like getting to actually do a show with jake baldino is like a nice full circle kind of thing where i'm like mm. oh hell yeah i used to watch you and now i'm on content with he's you. also Dude. just lovely to talk with you know yeah he's great yeah no, i got jake- to meet we got, we got to meet him at a summer game fest the thing in july mm-hmm. And that was such, or June, and that was such a, a a fun thing as well. Like he was down to hang out, and he was really cool to hang out with. Yeah, I got to make content with him last year at some point, and it was one of those. Every once in a while, you you do content with somebody, you're like, wait a minute, did we just become best friends? And yeah. that was the moment oh, yeah. me and Jake had. So yeah, great guy. Go check out the new PS. I love you. You can go get it right now on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, another great bit of housekeeping greg's wwe show this is awesome has a brand new episode out right now it's the best entrances i can't wait to watch this everyone knows entrances are my favorite thing in the entire world so i can't wait to see greg and the boys and girls over there talk about all of that what are your top two wwe entrances i mean Shawn michaels coming in from the zip line is definitely definitely one of them um i pretty much Anything John Cena, Triple H, Rey Mysterio, The Undertaker. There's a couple heavy hitters that always go hard. Chris Jericho's entrance oh, is always one that's burned into my brain. Yeah, Incredible. yeah, real good, real good. So go check that out on Peacock. Uh, shout, shout out to our Patreon producers, Fargo, Brady, Guy V, and The Saboteur. Today we're brought to you by MeUndies and Chime, but we'll tell you about that later. We do have one more bit of housekeeping that's not on this. Barrett, are you prepped for that, for the uh, the new merch? Oh, yeah. Let's check out the new merch that you can get right now on roosterteeth.com. Look at that. Wow. Look, Look at that. that. Look at that. The kind of funny Ballers Club t-shirt. You gotta love it. Very Andy Cortez inspired. I love this. hmm The Beautiful. Ballers Club. Beautiful. Uh, anyways, again, this isn't a news story, but before we get to the Roper Report and all that stuff, there was some breaking news that just happened, and I am so excited to talk about this with you, Bless, and with the beautiful chat going on right now. Arcade 1-Up finally did the damn thing. Marvel versus Capcom 2 is coming to our houses. I cannot wait for this. This is the arcade machine I have been waiting for. It is coming September 8th. Well, pre-orders are on September 8th. It is Wi-Fi enabled for online oh, play. Oh, shit. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's dope as hell. I didn't know and about on that on top part. of that, dude, it features eight classic titles, including MVC 2, MVC 1, Marvel Super Heroes vs. Street Fighter, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Jesus. Marvel Super Heroes, X-Men Children of the Atom, X-Men Mutant Apocalypse, and Marvel Super Heroes in War of the Gems. Hell yeah, man! Wait, X-Men Mutant Apocalypse is on this one? Yeah, oh. dude. That's dope as hell. And honestly, I'm more I'm more excited for you, right? Because I, I, I'm hopefully, if you get this, I'm going to get to go over to your place and play Exactly. This <laughs> There's no way in hell, like right now, where I'm at in my life, I'm not going to get this arcade machine. I do not have space in my San Francisco apartment. But... Tim Gettys might have space somewhere in that theater you're sitting in. And so, like, hell yeah, I need you to get this so I can play it. I think I need to get this. The problem for me, and this is such a Tim Gettys problem, is I want this series of games, but I want the cabinet of Marvel versus Capcom 1. Because the cabinet for cap for this one, kind of weak. I love Spider-Man's pose here, and I love him versus Ryu kind of facing off. But I do not understand 
how they had the dopest side cabinet for NBC one of all time, where you just see all of the characters together and like one side, either Marvel or Capcom are highlighted depending on the left or right. It's a thing of beauty. I don't know. Uh, Barrett, you can try to find what I'm talking about throughout the show and bring it up later. NBC, uh, the NBC one cabinet. You're saying? Yes. Yes. Hear me out, Tim, right? Like, I, I get mm-hmm. what you're talking about. You know, I I, th- I do think this thing looks hideous, but it would look great at the kind of funny studio. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, I, mean yeah. I feel like this would be a great studio installation. Let's keep it out of your house. You know, yeah. your house is precious. Your it's house precious. is it's a sanctum. You don't want to ruin mm-hmm. it. But in the mm-hmm. studio, right? Like, just do that. I feel like that Tim, would be good. Tim, is that, this the one you're talking about? This is the one I'm talking about. Look at that, oh, where it's the, the marble sides in color, and then the Capcom's black and white. And then on the flip side of the machine, it's the opposite. Now, Come here, on, man. is Tim all robotic for you? Yeah, he did get all robotic for me uh, r- really quick. But the hype did come through. The hype his did love, come through. His good. love for this uh, arcade machine did I think did come Tim's through. good now. Yeah. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. back. You're back. And then, back oh, at yeah, it like yeah, a bad yeah. habit. And then, hold on. Yeah, you, you're uh, back at it like a bad habit. Let me show the other side, too, uh, to show off. Like, yeah, they're in color here. And then the Marvel's in black and white on this side. That's really cool. Oh, that's sick as hell. Oh. So if someone out there knows how to mod shit for me, let's make that happen. All right? I want NPC 2 and all those games, but I wanted a that machine. Anyways, enough of all of that. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. We have seven stories today. Gonna take you for a ride, a baker's dozen. I definitely think I'm I'm having some robot issues. So what I'm going to do, y'all, bless you yes. and Barrett, have a fun time for a sec. I am going to restart my internet. It should only take a minute. Bye. Oh, As God. Tim does that, we're, we're going to start with story number one. Six years after its announcement, Beyond Good and Evil 2 hires its lead writer. This is Casey David Weir Taylor at IGN. It's been several years since Beyond Good and Evil 2 was officially announced. After a lack of news for quite some time, there's finally a new development for the long-awaited game. They've hired their lead writer. In a tweet yesterday, Sarah Arleno uh, announced that she was joining the, the game's le- she was joining as the game's lead writer. Arleno previously worked as narrative designer for Blizzard on World of Warcraft and at Volition, the studio responsible for, for Saints Row. Beyond Good and Evil 2 was officially announced in 2017 at E3. The game will serve as a prequel to the original game with promises of being able to explore alone or with friends in its massive and ambitious world. Beyond that announcement, beyond, uh, there's not been a lot of meaningful news since. We've gotten a look at some of the cool concept art and another look at the game at E3 in 2018. Uh, That last time we saw the game uh, gave us a glimpse at Jade from the first game seemingly as a villain. Ubisoft initially planned for a beta of the game to be available at the end of 2019, but that never came to fruition. Beyond Good and Evil 2 also lost its director in 2020, leaving the game's status even more up in the air. Since then, the game, the game got a mention in Ubisoft's earning reports, confirming it is still around in some capacity. Then, earlier this year, a report came out saying that the game was still in pre-production. The news of the game getting its lead writer, however, is a good step forward. Barrett Cordy. I, I feel like I get to talk to Tim all the time about Ubisoft, and for some reason, the Ubisoft stories chase us on the show. Yeah, uh, all it's like, around, it's like when run. NFTs follow Tam for whatever reason. 100%. Uh, Bear, I know you're somebody who also pays attention to Ubisoft, and to some extent, I think you pay attention to Beyond Good and Evil. Is that right? 
enough, you know, just like as any other jabroni out there, right? Like they announced it in the, the era where the Vivendi takeover was looming over them and they were like, oh, we got to announce things so we can uh, keep over ownership of uh, of this company because, you know, it should definitely stay in the Guillemont family for whatever reason. Um, this is insane. This is, and I think it was yesterday. Right? People were like, "It's a real game." Someone in, we were talking about Beyond Good and Evil too. I forget if I was on Games Daily or like on the it was Twitch on stream. Yeah, it was on KFGD, and people in the chat were like, "It's real." They're beta testing, blah 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 blah, blah. and it's like they just hired a writer. Five years after the game's announced, two years after they lost the director, this is not a real game right now. You know, there's an engine probably. They're character models, but if you don't even have a writer, a lead writer giving you a story like what what are you making right now yeah i guess my, my question is what have they been doing for the last five years you know I, I, I like video game development of course as we all know is hard right there's always the back and forth of like when do you announce a game what is when is too early to announce a game when is too late to announce a game right like how transparent should you be and we've been getting like we've been getting a lot of different examples i feel like across the board of different ways to approach it and it's been fascinating for me to sit and watch and see some people nail it some people try with it I, I for me the latest example has been with skate where skate has been very transparent in terms of hey we're announcing the next the next skate game we want to make it with you the audience because the audience cares so deeply about what this thing is right and there's this right. attachment to it so we want to make it alongside you to make sure that it is what you want it to be um that is then come with them also showing off the like basically wireframe footage right of hey th these are the early alphas cool here are some closed alphas that we'll get the audience involved in but that then leads to things like um the alphas getting cracked and then all of a sudden that stuff is open to everybody to jump into and people are uh throwing out demands left and right in terms of oh man i like the jankiness of how this skate game looks keep in the jank and people being like dude this game is an alpha like no we're not going to keep in the jank this is just part of the process this is what game development looks like right i think so much of that stuff is difficult because there is this, uh, I guess, illiteracy for back uh, for a lack of a better term of what game development looks like in the process for a large amount of the audience, and so for them to announce Beyond Good and Evil two so early, that is one ballsy, and I think does come with hey, it's, we're fighting off of ND, we're we're uh, Ubisoft that's fighting for our lives, and we're making a lot of good a lot of good decisions, but also we are throwing sh throwing shit at, at the wall and hoping it sticks. And yeah, like for them to announce it this early and do the thing of, hey, let's make it alongside you. Let's be tra transparent. Let's give you development updates. And then also let's do the weird Joseph Gordon-Levitt thing and have the hit record. Uh, yeah, so that's what they've been working on the last five years, getting all the yeah. artists, uh, art assets for uh, JGL, you know. They've been, yeah, they've been gathering the Avengers of creators to work under JGL, who will be their Iron Man to create the game for them. Yeah, like there's been a lot of, I guess, weirdness and just interesting tidbits as far as what the fuck and how the fuck are you making this game? But for the fact that we're five years after the announcement of this game and they, they're just hiring the lead writer, I'm like, all right, what does that say about when this game is going to come out? Like, Tim, what, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, dude, this is so interesting because it's funny that you even say like five years after the announcement of this game. Like a lot of people forget this game was first announced in a different form in what, 2008? 
I want to say. Like, Beyond Good and Evil was a Zelda-like game that hit hard on the GameCube, PS2, Xbox generation to a very niche audience, right? But it was one of those cult classic type games where the people that played it were like, yo, this is really good. This has great characters. The story was really fun. And the gameplay backed it up in a time that Zelda likes weren't that common. We kind of, we had uh, Wind Waker, we had, you know, the Zelda itself, right? But then we also had Okami uh coming up soon but besides that it was like this was just like a fun breath of fresh air mm -hmm. and the people that played it loved it but then when they announced the sequel it was really exciting because it seemed like oh they were like gonna up the ante and give us a lot more of what we the people that played the first one loved and then when that eventually got scrapped after the first trailer they put out like do you remember what i'm talking about Wes? where it's like they're on the side of the road like they pull over a very truck. vaguely i think i've seen that i've watched that trailer through once but i like i was I'm, i was never a beyond good and evil fan uh, and so I never cared too deeply about it, but I always like knew that there were people that fucking w went crazy for Beyond, Beyond Good and Evil too. Yeah, I was one of those people. I was really excited back then uh, that they were going to do it. And then as the years went on, it kind of was like, all right, cool. I don't think this game's ever actually going to happen. Um, I think actually that might have been the same E3 that Agent was shown. Oh, if wow. I remember correctly. That would have been early 2010s. What a E3 that would have been then. Yeah, Agent was like 2009, 2010, I think. Because <laughs> Agent would have been one that I did pop for because I love me some Rockstar and I love me some fucking Secret Agent shit and yeah. PlayStation exclusives. Let us know in the chat when they did show Beyond Good Evil oh, when they showed Agent. Agent was July what, 2007. It was teased Wait, in really? 2007 and formally announced in 2009. Okay. Okay, Damn. when was Beyond Good and Evil 2, though? Let's, oh, let's I'll, see. I'll we'll look see into that. that. I'll look into that. Uh, 2008 is uh, Michael... R. O'Leary says. Um, but yeah, so then we flash forward from that and they reannounced the game. That was exciting just because it's like, oh my God, they bring it back an old game. But then immediately I remember being like, I'm sure you can find me live on camera reacting to it, being like, this isn't Beyond Good and Evil. Like it mm -hmm. kind of is in the same world, but like this is not at all what we, the fans it's of like, the first game were expecting for the second. It's like when they announced Prey again, like Prey yeah, 2. Totally. And they're, exactly. and you're like, oh, this isn't Prey 2, but all right, this looks cool. Yeah, so it's like, okay, interesting. And then then we kind of got a little bit more throughout the years of what it is. We saw that uh, trailer, and then they're like, oh, no, no, hey, Jade's here, and we are actually giving you some of the story bits, but it was still like, this is confusing. I don't understand how this all works. And then they really started focusing on the whole building it with you, and this is going to be this giant game. Like, it's going to be genre-defining and super different. It's like, I don't know that anyone was looking for that from Beyond Good and Evil, and now we're in this mm -hmm. weird place where – to be completely honest, I don't I can't imagine people being excited for this game, whether or not it exists, because yeah. what it what they're showing us is very like cool, but that's not beyond good and evil. Like what they're showing, I can imagine people being excited for potentially, but in a world filled with anthems and uh Fallout 76s, I don't know that what they've shown at this point five years ago for Beyond Good and Evil 2 is worth getting excited about. So then I got I got two questions for you then. One does the game getting a lead writer do anything for your hope for the game? And then two, what do they need to do with Beyond Good and Evil 2 to actually make it hit? I mean, that's it's such a layered question because first off, does it getting a lead writer excite me or give me hope? Absolutely not. They should have had a lead writer. Like if they had, let me put it this way. If they had had a lead writer for the past six years, that still wouldn't have given me hope. That's just an expectation. <laughs> no, that's fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. Right? So the fact that they don't, it's like, Oh, 
Okay, so this is just really bad news. Um, what could Beyond Good and Evil 2 do to get people excited? I don't know, because let's remember, the first game wasn't this massive hit. It was yeah. like a cult classic. So it already is kind of a weird thing. They even remastered the game and put it out. And like, it didn't hit then. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like people are like, oh my God, we all missed out on this amazing classic game. Again, I loved the game when it first came out. I was definitely one of the supporters of it. Like I was one of those people that was like, yo, y'all need to play this. I remember I um, lent my copy to multiple of my friends to be like, you're going to love this game. And they all did. Uh, I don't know that it holds up anymore. You know, I don't know that it has that secret. So I haven't played it in, in a, at least a decade at this point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. I, go for funny it. enough, like I, I feel like I would be more excited for this game if it had less scope. You know, like you, you talk 100%. about them announcing it, you know, showing it off. And it is, it feels like, it felt like this grand thing when they showed it off in 2017. Hey, we're going to make it with you. Hey, look at the, look at what it looks like in development. You're going to be traveling through space, yada, yada, all this stuff. If it was a, hey, this is going to be a smaller in scope Ubisoft game that we are treating almost in the way that um, EA treats their uh, indie uh, uh, games. I forget what they actually call them, but like the it takes twos of the world, right? Mm -hmm. We're giving this to a smaller team to put their heart and soul into to make a cool Zelda-like. Because even to this day, we don't get many classic Zelda-like games, right? In the Ocarina of Time or Wind Waker styles, mm -hmm. right? Those are still few and far between. I think t t Ubisoft having a smaller team will work on a game like that would be a hit with the audience and would satiate that quote following that Beyond Good and Evil has. Like, I don't see Beyond Good and Evil 2 needing to be this thing that gets all the budget thrown at it and is crazy in scope and is, you know, going to be this life-changing game. It's like, no, just put out a Beyond Good and Evil 2 that has the heart and that has that has fun gameplay. Make it 10 hours long and call it a day. I mean, dude, yeah. I mean, you're right. You just won me over because that is mm -hmm. something that would get me excited, especially with how good this looks. Like, come on. Like, this is oh, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. But that is the, the weird push and pull where I feel like for a smaller title to, to hit right, it would need a budget that's higher than like a, a smaller indie game. And I don't know, it, it'd be a tall order for them to be able to pull it off. But I do think that we have seen so much kind of retro revival for different genres. Like we, we've gone through the years now of getting a bazillion 2D platformers. We got a bazillion SNES style RPGs. I think that we're and we're about we're now kind of getting to that era of getting more 3D platformers um, and things that are more akin to the N64 era of 3D gaming. But where is that the Zelda likes, right? We've gotten a couple of them, but I do think that we can get more. It's a tried and true genre that yeah. millions of people love. So that could be interesting, but I just don't see them doing that. And again, this for the upteen time that we're talking about this, Ubisoft is in a weird place right now, and I don't know how they're gonna get out of it. We'll see. Yes, we absolutely will. Story number two. Square Enix is looking to sell stakes in its studios. This comes from Chris Scullion at VGC. Square Enix wants to sell stakes in some of its development studios to improve capital efficiency, it's reported. The publisher held a conference call on Friday to discuss its most recent financial results, and following the call, Japan-based analyst David Gibson took to Twitter to summarize its plans. According to Gibson, the sale of Crystal Dynamics and Eidos to Embracer Group was phase one of Square Enix's plans, and phase two will be diversification of studio capital structure. Rising development cost of making games means with 100% owned studios, they need to be selective and concentrate resources, which limits expansion, Gibson wrote. As such, the publisher will be doing a studio portfolio review. 
Some studios will remain 100%, while others will change equity method or joint venture. Uh, adding that Square Enix will also look to expand the studio portfolio. According to Gibson's reporting on the call, the biggest impact is on the EU and US studios around large titles, and that the changes mean Square Enix will be able to allocate resources mainly to Japan titles. So Square Enix is looking to sell stakes in its studios to others to improve capital efficiency. I would expect Sony, Tencent, Nexon, etc. would be interested. Gibson also noted in his estimation, Square Enix's decision to extraordinary because the publisher should have more than enough money to meet its needs without having to sell stakes in its existing studios square enix capitalized game dev costs are currently running at 840 million but post the crystal ido sale the company will have 1.4 billion in cash and zero debt which is plenty to fund expanded game investment and not sell down stakes in its studios mm-hmm. following the conference call the publisher's share price rose and at the time of writing is currently 11 percent higher than its price when the market closed yesterday corporate Plus. speak man Mm-hmm. Whole Improved bunch capital there. efficiency. Yeah, motherfuckers dropped the word extraordinary, <laughs> like in a weird way. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's fa- it's it's fascinating. Uh, David Gibson's uh, point here, right? Talking about how yeah, Square Enix doesn't need to do this. Like they have they have money to expand if they want to, but for whatever reason they are uh, uh, selling off these stakes, and they and they felt it was needed to sell off uh, uh, Crystal Dynamics and Idols Montreal. Like I I think it's all confusing aside from the the, the uh, reasoning of oh yeah they're just building up their price so that they can sell off to a sony or they can sell off to a bigger publisher yeah and i i feel like that is inevitable at some point like there's so many signs especially with sony the thing that's always kind of uh thrown me off though is square's relationship with nintendo and with the switch in particular they've been very supportive of that system and with the amount of hardware in the wild for the switch it is hard for me to wrap my head around them not making Switch games anymore because they like think about the the profile of titles that they've put out on the Switch, right? We're getting multiple oh, yeah. Square titles a year in addition to ports and uh, different versions of older games as well. So um, what that would look like even if they did sell to a PlayStation, would they still do that? We've seen that happen before, so it's not unprecedented, but... I don't know, but yeah, definitely this does kind of read that they are trying to bulk up their value to be able to sell higher. Yeah, uh, and it makes me wonder what a Square Enix looks like under another huge corporation. You know, I think uh, when it comes to being bought by Sony, for example, I think there's kind of a clear path you see. But yeah, for your the point you just made, Square Enix just, Square Enix has such a presence on other platforms, especially the Switch, right? Like, I'm coming off of playing Live Alive uh, and absolutely loving that game. Earlier in the year, they published Triangle Strategy, right? Later in the year, they're publishing uh, Harvest, Harvest, Harvestella? Yeah, Harvestella, right? And then, like, you know, Square Enix, big publisher, like, that doesn't even encompass all of what they're publishing across all platforms. Even mm-hmm. this year, they're publishing Valkyrie Elysium. Sometime in the winter, you're going to get Final Fantasy uh, Crisis Core, and that's coming to all platforms. And then next year, you are going to have Forspoken and Final Fantasy Seven Remake, or no, sorry, Final Fantasy Seven rebirth uh mm-hmm. coming to playstation exclusive right like one that's a lot of games but then also that's a lot of partnerships and square enix as a publisher are in a more powerful place i'd say right they aren't in a ubisoft situation where ubisoft has had a turbulent um uh quite a few years right right where you know they put out ghost recon breakpoint and that was their breaking point in terms of ah shit we got to readjust like let's delay immortals phoenix rising let's delay all this delay rainbow six extraction let's figure out what we want to do and them still being in that process of figuring out what they want to do square enix i 
I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Tim. I feel like they're they're on a great roll, right? Like they've oh, put yeah. out Final Fantasy VII Remake, which did really great, like one Game of the Year awards, and they are capitalizing off of that in what seems like a very consistent way between Final Fantasy VII ports for mobile, and then also the games that I mentioned that are coming out uh, on cross platforms, and then also again Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, right? Let alone sixteen, let alone Forspoken, let alone all the JRPGs I just mentioned. Am mm-hmm. I, is there something that I'm not seeing in the tea leaves here, Tim? Well, it's not all mega wins, right? There was Strangers of Paradise. You know, there was Avengers. There's all the Western side of things that they've now kind of gotten rid of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like, it's not all perfect. And like, when you kind of look at the future, it's like, you know, being completely real, although I'm excited for for Forspoken, there is a pretty high chance that that ends up more Babylon's Fall than Final Fantasy VII Remake in terms of quality, right? And in terms of um, how much love it gets from the audience. So uh, I don't think that they're in the best shape of their their lives but i do think that it is a it's positive momentum for sure um we have kingdom hearts 4 coming uh eventually as well so it's like there's a lot going on but i do think that the that this story is kind of just interesting to kind of note for the future where in Mm. two years where we where are we going to be um and where square going to be but what makes square interesting is that its highest profile games are already exclusively tied to playstation so at some point I question what is the value of PlayStation fully acquiring them when they're already getting the goods, you know? Yeah. And um, I guess in that case for PlayStation would probably be control and then making all the the uh, money off of those sales, right? Because like at, mm-hmm. at this point, even with the partnership, there's a split that you are um, splitting with Square Enix. If as PlayStation, you are making all that revenue, um, I'm sure there's so, there's something there that's nice. But then you also look at... Uh, Final Fantasy 14, which is yep. one of Square's biggest uh, games right now. And that's one that I can kind of go both ways with in terms of, I think part of why that game's so successful and popular is because it is cross-platform, right? It is everywhere. Um, yeah. But also, I guess if you are PlayStation, oh, one, if you're PlayStation by Square Enix, you still allow Final Fantasy 14 to be everywhere in the way that Minecraft is still everywhere, even though it's owned by Xbox. I think it is one of those that has that. Mm-hmm. But then if you are able to push the playstation and pc versions as the hey these are the versions you want to get specifically because playstation will have exclusive costumes exclusive content partnerships whatever that makes that version shine then yeah i could see that being a viable avenue for that game and uh i think that could make sense as something that you'd want as playstation especially a playstation that is looking to expand your multiplayer and ongoing service portfolio uh, especially after buying bungie and all that like i think there's something there with Final oh, Fantasy yeah. 14 that for can sure. make them seem very valuable to them. I guess yeah, 14 I mean, is not Xbox, isn't is it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that, that's the thing is I I you're so right. I see the value. I totally get it. A lot of people in chat are saying like, oh, this like what Tim's saying is exactly what people said about Insomniac. Insomniac and Square are completely different conversations, and everyone y'all know that, right? Square is much bigger. They have multiple development studios, like m- many, many, many. Insomniac does too, but the, they're limited to like less than five right where square has what upwards of 10 15 like they're putting out so many different games so it's like it's a completely different conversation and right now playstation's able to pay the licensing fees for the biggest heavier hitter titles that they're trying to push mainly final fantasy 7 remakes what i'm talking about but um and then final fantasy 16 as well which you didn't even bring up yeah (laughs) that's coming soon so uh very interesting stuff uh but Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. No one. And the rock means no one. 
likes waiting on a paycheck. Especially, ladies and gentlemen, when you've got bills due. Good thing there's now Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. Waiting for your money, never good. Getting your money in advance, great. Who wouldn't want that? Chime is more than about just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on the payer. Where'd the sunglasses go? Chime.com slash KF Games. That's Chime.com slash KF Games. Have you heard about the legendary underwear brand that's taken the podcast world by storm? Famous for their buttery soft undies and bralettes, Me Undies loves podcasts just as much as you do. It's like they're made for you and you're made for them. You're made for each other. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you know I love my Me Undies because they're the most comfortable underwear I've ever had and because they have great patterns. As the king of Halloween, my candy corn pair never fails to make me smile. Everyone knows Me Undies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes, but did you know they also make other stuff? We're talking about durable, cushy socks that will make your feet sing. They even make hoodies for your dog so you can match every important person in your life. Available in sizes XS to 4XL and tons of colors and prints. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. Any first-time purchasers can get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Story number three. A Mario Kart 8 Deluxe music data mine may have revealed future DLC circuits. This comes from Jordan Midler at BGC. Placeholder music files found in the latest Mario Kart 8 Deluxe update may have been revealed. Some of the circuits coming in the game in the future, as discovered by YouTube user Record Reader, and Record Reader, that's what it is, and posted to YouTube by BL. It appears that several prefetch files were added to the game, which correspond to music tracks from classic Mario Kart games. They contain the first few seconds of a piece of music. They're designed to start the music quickly while the actual full song loads in the background. Mm. While the full music tracks that correspond with the prefetch files don't appear to be present in the new update, they have been provided. They provided enough of each song to let Mario Kart fans figure out which circuits they relate to. I love this. That's so cool. I would love to. I don't know Mario Kart music well enough but like i would love the the idea of listening to this and trying to guess oh yeah that's a that's a bless who game right there yeah, yeah listen to the sure. first five oh actually now that i yeah. said it out loud yeah, 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 listen yeah. to the first five seconds of the soundtrack figure out the game look oh, forward to that, that soon i love that if i don't crush everyone on that one there's no hope for me uh the <laughs> the ones that have appeared are london loop from mario kart tour Peach Gardens from DS, Blue Lake and Broken Pier from GBA. Oh, I love that one. Uh, Rock Rock Mountain on 3DS, Berlin Byways from Tor, Waluigi Stadium and Wario Coliseum from GameCube. Hell yes. Mary Mountain, Rainbow Road from 3DS, Amsterdam Drift from Tor, Singapore Speedway from Tor, <laughs> Amsterdam Drift. <laughs> What's Fast I- and Furious going to get there, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, right uh we have uh singapore speedway from tour los angeles laps from tour sunset wilds from gba bangkok rush from tour vancouver velocity from tour and maple treeway from i got questions i'll I'll let you finish the story but i got questions about those only one from the wii that's that's insane none from the mcc4 yeah which fucks me up 
And what are you? Are you about to talk shit about the Wii Mario Kart bear? Is that where yeah, you're about to go? Yeah, I was just about. It was almost like the Mario Kart Wii uh, is the worst modern Mario Kart. You know. Wow. I also feel like a lot of the Wii tracks are already in the core. I mean, yeah, because they're so good. Mario Kart get, 8. Get ahead of it. <laughs> Let's get all these <laughs> uh, However, pre- a previous data mine uncovered the retro prefixes for future circuits uh, are based on these, and most likely sir, outcome is that the first eight tracks listed above will be in Wave 3 since the prefixes match. This doesn't seem to be all of them. Like, if just doing the math on this, it seems like we're still missing some um, some tracks, if I'm doing my math correctly. Yeah, well, there, there, there's, there's like, eight waves, right? Yeah, and there's 15 tracks in here. So there's like, even in the second wave that this lists, like one of those tracks is missing, you know? Yeah, uh, so this seems like primarily just wave three or whatever the next. DLC some of is. these have two listed per thing, like Waluigi Stadium and Wario Coliseum. Oh, right. And then Boo Lake and Broken Pier. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, yeah, it's like 17 I, tracks. So that's the next wave and a bit of the wave after that. Did, did Waluigi Stadium and Wario Coliseum for GameCube, did those share the same soundtrack, though? Because that might just be a guess of, oh, it's going to be one of those. That's smart. That's yeah. really, 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 really. We got smart boys here. Smart boys, so everybody. So only hire smart boys here. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, Mario Kart Tour, right? You go through these tracks. You got London Loop. You got Amsterdam Drift, you got Singapore Speedway, Los Angeles Laps, and Vancouver Velocity. Mm-hmm. Firstly, are all the tracks in tour based off of real, real world, world locations? Yes and no, because like there's New Dog City, <laughs> which like that's it's a real New York, world location. But yeah. it's, you know what I mean? uh, isn't there also a New York location? I, I think there's a New York uh, track, right? Kind Hold of. On, let, me, let, let me bring up the. Uh, there's a couple that are. That aren't real world locations, but I, but most of them are. But and so. also, is this the only Mario game that crosses over with the real world? Because I don't Mario's recall that happening. Blast. Oh, you're respect. right. You're mm-hmm. right. You're right. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious on what this means canonically for Mario. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so are you telling me that there's a New York City and a New York City? Yes. In the Mario world. I don't know, man. Because that's kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. one of them is appropriating the and, other. And that's, I don't uh, know that's which. kind of the whole point. <laughs> Blessing you're asking of, like, uh, most of the tour tracks. Like, yeah, it's like a, kind of a world tour vibe. And so far, all of the tracks that have been added to Mario Kart 8 from tour, I believe, are also, um, uh, like, city-based ones. Because <clears throat> mm-hmm. there's, like, one that seems to be based off of Paris. Hold on. Let me bring it up here. So, yeah, we got Paris Promenade. Paris, Paris Promenade. <laughs> yeah, Paris Lily. We have Just to- around his head. <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo Blur. Uh, New York Minute. And then oh, yeah, so, yeah, there Sydney Sport. So, yeah, they're all, like, based off of real locations. And, honestly, it's one of those weird things where it's, like, it like Mario Kart Tour in and of itself as a game, like on mobile and stuff, not really interested in. But when they come to Mario Kart Eight and like when we like play them, like we streamed them yesterday and stuff, like I do get really into them just because of the design of them and like how they kind of like change the course every lap almost and stuff like that. Like I, I really enjoy them. So it is a weird choice to really lean hev- heavily on tour, especially what mm. it seems to be in these next couple of waves, but. I'm not terribly mad at it. Do I? Would I rather there be more 64 uh, courses here than uh, Mario Kart Tour? A hundred percent. But yeah, yeah. And I get it. Like you know, I think those tour courses are would go on to become underappreciated if they weren't making their way into Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And so I do like the choice. But yeah, I'm with you that I wish there were there was a bit more. Hey, let's bring in some of the other tracks that are fan favor- favorites uh, as well. And then also, you, uh, people are uh, you're wrong me, right? There are some tour tracks that aren't based off of real world. Like even Ninja Hideaway was in the Wave One, and that's just the Ninja Hideout, which is really yeah. cool. 
Exactly. Well, that yeah. wasn't Ninja Hideaway was an original one, was it not? Because it's not listed as a tour. No, that was, it was oh, tour. I thought it was a tour one. Oh, that's that weird. is tour. It's, it's yeah. not listed as a tour uh, game, which is weird. And the other ones are. Huh. Oh, people saying in the chat they're saying it's original. Really? Yeah. What? Oh, I thought that because wasn't there one from the latest wave that people were saying was like the first original one? Hold so on. Ninja Hideaway. Okay, well, people it's not original. No, it's from tour. It's from tour. There, there's no new original original tracks in these waves. They're all from different games. Yeah, Sky High no, Sunday. Of... Sky High Sunday is technically original, quote unquote. But that yeah. they like subtly were like, it's coming to tour later. So it's definitely yeah. like a track yes. that was designed for tour, and then yeah. uh, they were like, hey, we might as well put it in this DLC. Here's the question I have though. Like, we're complaining that oh, it's tour, tour, tour. But like, what are there tracks that were like, oh man, I can't believe they don't have this yet. Because I feel every, pretty every sixty-four course. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I was just typing it in N sixty four course list Mario Kart. Yeah. Because like, do they have the um, Wario stage from Mario sixty four? That was one of my favorite ones. Uh, what was it? Yeah, I think that's just um. What was that Wario? It's like Mario's or Wario Speedway, I think. Um, Here we go. Wario Stadium, yeah, that's a classic one. I would love. I think we have a version of DK's Jungle Parkway, but I, I love the design of that one. Um, I like the OG Bowser's Castle or the N sixty four Bowser's Castle. That's a cool. That's oh, a cool that has yeah, a really good one. That's but really yeah, we, we, we got Moo Farm. We, we have Toad's Turnpike. We have, I think, the Wii version of Moo Moo Farm. Um, we've got. We got, we got all the ones that matter. We got Choco Mountain, which yeah. is not discontinued. I, uh, we do have Yoshi's Valley, but Chaco I want Taco. them to bring back. <laughs> close, close. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Tom. I want them to bring back for Yoshi's Valley, and this is something that obsessed me because this, this was the cool thing about Yoshi's Valley, right, Tim? <clears throat> There's all these different ways that you could go. And then, like, the way that they list, like, uh, you'd usually see, like, who's in first, who's in second, who's in third, and stuff like that. But in the N64 version, they wouldn't tell you. It'd all be question marks because you're yeah. all going different ways and stuff. So you don't really know until, like, you finish it, right? And so, uh, but they don't do that for the modern one. I just want them to bring that back. Also, you know, shout out to Sherbert Land. When they, when they announced the, the Penguin GBA track for, for this wave, I was a little sad that it wasn't Sherbert Land. Is Sherbert Land, is that the one where you're on ice and there's, like, yeah. the you go into the cave and the Penguin? will fuck you up yeah i know that's a weird description for people who not play mario kart <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's accurate yes i like that one story number four <laughs> xbox series s games could potentially see improved performance this comes from tom warren at the verge microsoft's giving xbox series s game developers more control over memory on the console a uh, new software development kit has been released to developers recently and it frees up more memory for developers to access for xbox series s games and boost performance in certain titles Quote, hundreds of additional megabytes of memory are now available to Xbox Series S developers. This gives developers more control over memory, which can improve graphics performance in memory-constrained conditions. Microsoft's banana improvements. <laughs> that wasn't me. Was not me. <laughs> was that Bear? That was gotcha. Bear. <laughs> That's what you get for don't read the stories ahead of time, Tim. That was really good. That was really good. <laughs> Holy shit. Microsoft's banana improvements, <laughs> albeit small, could help reduce some of that friction <laughs> around hey. developing games for the Xbox Series S. God, I hope their bananas improve so much. Honestly, I didn't catch it for a second. I was like, banana improvement. That's a weird way to put it, which I'm sure is the same thing I went through Tim's mind until he realized. I want to let you know, no, immediately, as I said, okay. it, as it was leaving my mouth, I want y'all to know that as I was reading that story, in the back of my mind, I was proud of myself. 
I'm like, I was cutting out words it. that weren't necessary. I was like, oh no, I'm just, I'm jumping this, jumping between the quotes, not having to say all the says Microsoft's game dev in a team video. I was like, no, 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 cutting that shit out, feeling myself. And then I hit that banana hard, man. I hit that oh, thing. Dude, you hit it like a, and fell in my like, butt. A, like a Mario Kart level, man. You hit, you hit that banana. Uh, this is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, this is really very, yeah, very good news. Awesome. Got to love it. Hundreds more megabytes of, of memory. I'm sure those developers are going to make use of all of it. You know what I mean? Get that oh, Series yeah. S going. But again, shout out to Xbox. They've created this ecosystem. They have the multiple SKUs for it. They're committed to making this a, a bigger and better experience for everybody. And I love that the Series S is as big of a success as it is. Yeah, I like that the Series S doesn't feel like an afterthought. Because I think that's the big fear, the big fear when it comes to releasing a marginally less powerful version of the console, especially at, at the get-go. Oh, all right. Are the games going to run shittily on this thing? Uh, is it going to stop getting support? The fact that they're unlocking uh, some extra memory for devs to to uh, use to make games a little bit more pretty or powerful, whatever the the functionality might be there, uh, is really great. And yeah, the fact that it's the fact that they're at, like they're paying attention to it at all, honestly. Like that they're constantly trying to find ways to make the S viable and cool. It's awesome. And yeah, like the S is very popular because it is a a, um, a less um, uh, expensive version of the console and like seeing how many people have gotten access to the S and actually do own an S. Like I have an Xbox Series S in the, in the other room that Michael Hyam uses. And I'm like, oh shit, this thing is actually a thing, right? It didn't come out and totally just like get lost in the shuffle. Uh, good for them. Mm-hmm. Story number five, Multiverses is getting a big overhaul of its hit detection system. This comes from Chris Scullion at VGC. Multiverses hit detection will be getting a big overhaul. Uh, the game director confirmed today. Tony Huynh tweeted about a new online-only update that had been added to the game, which fixed bugs affecting certain moves for Jake and Tom and Jerry. One follower replied asking if Finn would be getting a nerf in the future, claiming his moves seemed to break through opponents' defenses too easily. Wood replied, we're looking at Finn in sections. We're working on a big overhaul of our hitbox and hurtbox system, so don't want too many moving parts. A hitbox, for those that don't know, is an invisible box that is created when a character performs an attack and shows the range of space the attack covers. A hurtbox is another invisible box which sits on top of a character and determines where they can be hit. If a character performs an attack and their hitbox overlaps the opponent's hurtbox, the attack lands. An overall to the hitbox and hurtbox system then, such as the one being planned for multiverses, could make it either easier easier or harder to hit opponents depending on how the boxes are altered cool i love this mm -hmm. uh when when i did the original uh, preview for multiverses this was probably my biggest qualm with it you know i, I think for me it was the game feel and a lot of that came, comes down to hitboxes and hurtboxes and how that stuff registered uh, a lot of times i felt like it just didn't feel right right and like in a game like this where i mean it's a fighting game right like you want that to feel as accurate and as tight as possible um the fact that they're overhauling it and um, uh, uh you know making sure that hey we're we're gonna make we're gonna make this feel the best we can possibly uh through the hitboxes and hurtboxes that's gonna be the thing that fully gets me in right and like yeah it's you know multiverses with each update that we've been getting has been doing such a great job of making turning me into believer as somebody who was not a believable believer before right like i was like cool oh, it seems like a game it seems like a smash clone smash clones usually come and go all right well we'll see how this thing does they've been responsive in getting updates out in nerfing bugs bunny and buffing all the other characters right and making sure that this is a game that's going to be viable as an ongoing fighting game uh that wants to live and wants to survive in the future right and so good on you multiverses Hell yeah, man. I'm rooting for them. Seems like they're making the right moves now. I love that Evo's this weekend. Really excited to see what comes from that. Definitely going to be tuning in myself. Um, I imagine we'll get some multiverses announcements. Definitely some characters, right? Oh, yeah. 
Do you have any Mar- requests? What, what one new character do you think we'll get this weekend? Um, I, I think that they'd focus probably less on the gimmicky things and more on things that just make sense. It being Evo, I imagine they're going to focus more on fighting game characters. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a Mortal Kombat character oh announced because yeah. like that oh. that that seems to be a weird be really mission so far so i wouldn't be surprised if they they got I, probably, I forget probably what, scorpion or or sub-zero i forget what podcast i was listening to this week but someone had the great suggestion of like like leaning into the cartoon network and like adult swim stuff of like uh space ghost like that would like getting like a Ooh, more that'd characters be dope. Uh, from like the rick and morty like uh stuff that i would be really really fun give me the main character from megas xlr in his mech oh yeah Yeah. now the fun thing is like i i think that with where multiverses is right now it probably makes most sense to have mortal kombat characters but at evo anything can happen like i remember that's where they announced the ninja turtles were coming to uh was it injustice or mortal kombat i don't remember which one but Uh, it would have been injustice yeah so it's like that's weird as shit so who who the hell knows barbara streisand why not put her in I would so I that. I it's probably <laughs> probably not a popular take, but I if they're to add in uh, Mortal Kombat characters, I would like to see them do something like weird and interesting because we've seen Mortal Kombat characters be put into like games like Injustice, right? Like we know how Mortal Kombat characters should feel and play. If they were like, yo, let's get fucking weird, let's make it a duo character and you have it be a Scorpion Sub Zero situation where you're tag teaming or something weird and different like that. I think this could be the opportunity to do that because Multiverses is a weird and different game. And I would be down for just a Scorpion, right? With the Scorpion moveset and all that stuff. And I'm sure plenty of people would. But I don't know, man. I think you have you have possibilities to like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, what if it was Katana and Molina as a team up uh, duo or some uh, weird noob smoke, some weird shit like that I think could be uh, fun and cool. Yeah, before we move on to the next story, I just want to reiterate that Multiverses uh, is going to go down in history as the greatest video game title of all time. So oh, 1, congratulations. Whoever that and that. what was the one from yesterday? Meet your maker. I still I'm still a big fan of Meet Your Maker. Pretty title. good. Pretty good. Really but multiverses good. is just it's perfect. Story number six. New Sonic Origins update finally fixes Tails AI issues once again from Jordan Midler at VGC. And thank God. Yep. Thank God. Uh a new update for Sonic Mania is Kurt. No, no, no. Sonic Origins. Oh, got that's Jordan Midler. wrong. Not me. Uh, a new update for Sonic Gorgeous is currently in the process of rolling out a little spin dash action hey. with PlayStation players having received the update earlier today. The patch notes for the update are small, with only two items on the list giving explicit descriptions of what's being fixed. But one issue, that being Tails disappearing off screen during hectic moments of gameplay in Sonic 2, will likely be appreciated by players like Blessing. The yeah. patch notes are corrected track mismatches in the museum for certain music tracks included in the classic music pack fix an issue in sonic 2 where tails goes off screen and is unable to rejoin and additional bug fixes you were having issues with this right yeah this was my biggest uh my biggest experience with bugs um or i guess the bug i had the, the most experience with out of the sonic origins collection you know i know people have talked about other things right the main thing i experienced was tails just constantly just getting stuck on um uh on objects and not being able to follow me throughout levels and so i'll just hear him off screen bouncing over and over and over again as i'm making my way through a level and then i finish that level get into the next level and it happens all over again extremely annoying and this is one of those ones where you know better late than never but never late is better you know i, I don't i don't plan to go back to sonic 2 anytime soon i just played it so like this isn't really going to affect me i already went through the process but good for people who might pick up sonic origins later or people who might be waiting on bug fixes to then get into sonic origins like this is going to be good for y'all and so good on them for getting around to it and fixing it 
Absolutely. Uh, story number seven. EA has removed incest from... <laughs> This is the actual story. I didn't I didn't mess with you on this one. EA has removed incest from The Sims 4, which was accidentally... <laughs> 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 All right. Serious news time. EA I didn't know if removed... I should have warned you about this one. I, <laughs> I felt like warning you, but I was like, ah, actually, I want to see this in real time. <laughs> EA has removed incest from The Sims 4, which was accidentally added to the game last week. This comes from Zach Swizen at Kotaku. Earlier this week, The Sims 4 received a big free update that added curved walls, body hair, and new wants and fears. It also seemed to have accidentally added incestual relationships. As spotted by PC Gamer, Reddit, and elsewhere, Sims 4 players are reporting that after the game's July 26 update, some in-game characters are looking to date family members. One player shared a screenshot of an older woman who suddenly wanted to start a romantic relationship with her own son. She went to put some laundry in the washing machine, and as she bent over... No, I added that part. Uh, another player shared a bug report with EA stating that one of their male sims wanted to ask his twin sister to be his girlfriend. In the same support thread, a player on Xbox shared an off-putting example of a daughter wanting to date her father. Yikes. What's going on here? Well, according to some Sims 4 players and modders, the likely issue is the newly added want system, which was seen in older Sims games. The system gives Sims things they want to do and accomplish, giving players more goals to chase. However, it seems that a bug with the system is creating wants that involve romantic relationships with anybody, including other family members. Once again, yikes. This latest Sims 4 patch released on August 2nd has fixed the incest bug that was accidentally added to the game via a free July 26th update. According to new patch notes, Sims will now only want to date appropriate people instead of their dad or sister. It also fixed the issue of characters rapidly aging after being created. Oh, brother. Oh, my God. That is so fucking funny <laughs> Dude, i legitimately yet last night as i was scrolling through twitter i saw a story pop up and legitimately cracked up could not stop laughing at it uh this is incredible wow. this is wow. this is art uh mm-hmm. um good on you good on ea for being uh quick about it but yeah this is great i i, I don't have any words it i don't have itself. i don't it's have any common. words man it is it is you know the wants the desires they're out there, everybody. They're out there. Well, incest isn't cool now. No. But will it be one day, Bless? <laughs> Ten years. I don't know. Ten years is so far away. If I wanted to know what's coming to Mom and Grom Shops today, where would I look? You'd look at the official <laughs> list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, do, yeah. Out today. We got Recipe for Disaster on PC. We have Amazing Bomberman on mobile. We have Paper Please on mobile. Gigabash on PS5, PS4, and PC. Retreat to Enon on PC. And Everspace 2's Drake Gang Wars update just released on Steam and GOG. Cool. Some new dates for you. Shin-Chan, me and the professor on summer vacation, the endless seven-day journey, (laughs) is coming to Nintendo Switch on August 11th. Coming to PS4, Steam, and Epic Games soon after that. The Kirby 30th anniversary concert will be streamed online next week on August 11th. Oh, fucking K. Let's go, dude. Oh, hell yeah, man. I hope it's as good as the the Sonic one because I still listen to that all the time. Dude, here's the thing. Obviously, Mm. Sonic, banger, banger soundtracks. Kirby. 
banger banger soundtracks do you oh, not yeah. remember what you just played with the forgotten land i mean here's mm. the my, here's my thing right i with when it comes to these anniversary um uh, orchestras i part of what gets me so hyped for them is the nostalgia that i have for so many of these songs and for, for sonic right like the sonic soundtracks if you're a fan are all iconic and mm-hmm. so like moment to moment that shit hit for me where for kirby like Forgotten Land, I fucking love the soundtrack, and then the Kirby songs that appeared in that usually appear in Smash Brothers. Those are the mm-hmm. ones that I have the connection with. But I worry I, for me, I worry, right? I'm sure the orchestra is going to be great, but am I going to have the same connection, right? Am I going to am I going to pop off for the deep Kirby cuts? I don't know, man. I don't I, know. I think you'd be surprised at how much you're familiar with that you just don't don't really don't realize. No, because mainly because of Smash. Like there are so many Smash songs that you're like, oh yeah, I, I definitely know that shit. But uh, I'm very excited about that. Should be pretty damn cool. Um, let's see where are we at now. You know what? Let's just go straight to your wrong. You can go to kindoffunny.com/slash your wrong. Let us know what we get wrong as we screw it up in the show. Nanobiologist says Beyond Good and Evil Two was teased by Ubisoft during UB Days in 2008. It was not revealed at E3. Mm. Where was that trailer, though? I swear that must have been E3. Was that UB Days? I don't know. I don't know. I also don't know what the hell UB Days is. So maybe I was going to say, I've never heard of UB Days in my life. Uh, Bander SN. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Bander SN says EA's indie published titles are called EA Originals. Thank you. And and, um, that's it. That's it. We got everything else right because we're such smart boys. It's me and you, the smart boys. That's what they the call smart us, Tim. That's what they call us. Tim and Bless. Smart, boys, smart boys, baby. Um, we're about to do the Patreon exclusive post show, which is very exciting because today we're doing a shit list. The 10 best Rockstar video games uh, of all time. Oh, I'm yes, sad I'm missing that one. Bless. If, and uh, it, if Bully uh, is not course. on there, I'm gonna. you need to slack me and I'm going to start rioting in my own house. Thank mm-hmm. you. I appreciate it. I'm also mm-hmm. excited for this one because this is one that Tim's going to lead. I've not looked at the at the uh, list uh, at all. Okay. Okay. And so I'm excited to be kind of in the passenger seat this time around for shit list. Yeah, I remember. If you want to get this Patreon exclusive post show where we do the shit list, patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Sign up there at the silver member or above. You'll be able to listen to that later today. But for everyone else, we're about to do a super cool Twitch stream. Uh, they're about to play a little WWE 2K 2022. And then Fortnite, baby. whole bunch of kind of funny people are going to be popping on, playing some Fortnite, getting some soggy 90s, doing some soggy 90s. I'm not exactly sure uh, the verbiage of the soggy performing. 90s. But performing? Performing? Yeah, I think they're you perform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The 90s will be soggy, everybody. But until next time, I love you. <laughs>